I want to talk about the suffering of Christ, okay? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what Jesus really did at Calvary, uh, the price he paid. And I'm stuck on this thing about what really happened to Jesus. I mean, he offered himself as a living sacrifice. We just see the story a lot of times, but we don't see the suffering. We know that he went to the cross, he died, they nailed him, he died, he rose again the third day. You know, that's not all that's about. It's about what Jesus was dealing with. What he was feeling. <laughs> what he was experiencing on his way to the cross. The suffering, the shame, the heartache, the brokenness. I can't, listen, I have enough problem with troubles uh, right now. With, not with all the whole world's problems. The whole world sins on my shoulders. He bore the grief on the cross. He bore the sin and, the, and, and, and sickness and death and shame. Everything was finished when he died on that cross. I want you to turn with me. Now. I, 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 you can turn with uh, Psalms 22 real quick and verse 1. I think I got my glasses. There you go. <laughs> I want to talk about his suffering this morning. We reflect a lot, if you go to the Old Testament, on the suffering lamb, right? You know, when you, go, when you, when you deal with the, the Levitical law, the sacrificing of, of lambs and goats. But have you ever really studied Jesus suffering. You know, we, 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 we read about it, but we never meditate on what was going on, Lawrence. When he bore that wooden beam on his back, he went before Pilate. They had two, him and Barabbas. And he said, today, he told the children, you're going to have to make a choice. You could choose Barabbas the murderer, Barabbas, the, 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 the thief, or you can choose Jesus. And the people said, we want Barabbas. Barabbas crucified Jesus. Put him to death. They chose a murderer before the king of kings and lord of lords. And, and, and Pilate is amazed. He says, you know, this is a professional judge. This man knew what he was doing. He knew how to get into a matter to where he can discern what is, you know, what, what, why is this going on? He knew how to judge a matter. And when he looked at them, he said, what, what evil had he done? What evil had he done? And all he could say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate's wife had a dream. She said, I don't have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things in a dream this night because of him. And as hard as Pilate tried, he could not get the Jews to let go. Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. So not willing to make the Jews angry, he took Jesus and he persecuted him. Listen, I don't want to get into detail, but it was horrible. It was not something like we see today. They took him and they ripped the flesh off his body. 
with nine cattails. And I mean, they, they just pulled his flesh. And you know what? His body, his bones was all exposed. The, the flesh, the, 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 raw, the raw flesh was, was exposed. Then now on top of it, they planted a crown of thorns on his head. Do you know what a thorn is? To press that on your head, to puncture the nerves and, and, and pierce the skull. I mean, this is awful. Then he take that beam and put it on his back that was already ripped open, open flesh. You can imagine that beam rubbing back and forth on his open flesh. And he get to carry it. <laughs> My Lord, I don't know if you see what I'm saying. He had to carry that thing. And he and it would go back and forth. He would walk and it would just, just rubbing back and forth. And most people say, well, I never saw it like that. I was ministering to a man the other day. And he knew about Jesus, but he never saw that. His head started shaking. Because he, something in his spirit saw it. You mean he did that for me? <laughs> My Lord, he did that for me. And he's carrying, he's going. And, and it was so horrible, he couldn't even finish the trip. So he had to take, a man had to take his place and, and carry it for him. Now, I'm going to tell you, he was not in beautiful shape. He was ripped apart <laughs> from top to bottom, naked, shamed, persecuted, spit upon. And at any time, he could have said, Lord, deliver me. And he would have sent a legion of angels to rescue Jesus. Where would you be today? Oh, my God. Wouldn't this church would be useless if Jesus would have quit. You could have never had a chance to make it right with God. If he, if he wouldn't have bore that on his body. Come on, somebody. If he wouldn't have bore the pain on his body. I feel the presence of the Lord. Then they take him to Calvary and they nail him to that beam. Listen, this was no little thumbtack, baby. This was some spikes. And they rammed that through his wrist. And I heard a doctor say, a, 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 a medical doctor, he said the pain would have been so tremendous it would have killed anybody because it would have ran down his whole body. Then they take his feet and they nail it to this stand or whatever they had. And it went straight. And, and he said it would have been the pain that was unbearable. You could not endure. Me and you would have made it. It's only because of God's holiness and God's plan for salvation that Jesus didn't die. Because he had to die on that cross. Curses every man that hangs on a tree. Listen, people talk about the cross. This wasn't a pretty instrument. This was a death instrument. This was a judgment instrument. You know, we all did it before. I've done it. We had little crosses and pictures around with light coming out like a beautiful thing. It was not beautiful. Death was on that beam, on that cross. Blood ran down that cross. Darkness was around that cross. All the demons of hell was trying to kill Jesus. And I'm not against, I have a cross on my guitar, my, my, that's not what I'm talking about, but it's not a pretty thing. It's not something we worship. The beam is not what we worship. 
is the one on the cross we worship. My Lord, I feel the presence of God. That might not be a long sermon this morning, but I feel the presence. Listen, we need to see who Jesus is. What, he, what did he pay for us? The price he paid on that cross for us. Psalms uh, 22, and I want to just read a, a, a verse. In Jesus, you see, David was prophesying here. People say, well, David's talking about himself. No, he wasn't because David never had, was nailed on a cross. David was never pierced or beating like Jesus was. He said this right here. And you remember these words of Jesus out of the psalm? This is a prophetic uh, psalm. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? For the first time in Jesus' life, he felt God's presence away. He didn't feel his father anymore. Out of all he did, dealt with, all he, his, his affliction, that had to be the hardest thing that he had to deal with, that his father turned his face from him. I can't comprehend that. Here is Jesus. Perfect, perfect Lamb of God, never sinned. Because you know why God turned his face from him? Because when he looked at Jesus, he saw you, he saw me, he saw your sins. He saw the, the dirtiness and the filthiness of your life. Jesus took all of that upon his cross. And the darkness was, listen, you don't imagine what was happening at that time in Jesus' mind and heart. What was he dealing with? They were, they, they were spitting, mocking him, nailing him to an old cross. Then, then on top of that, God turns his face from him. The suffering of Christ showed the mercy of God. Come on, Holy Ghost. Y'all might not get this. How is that mercy? You, God's mercy was laid upon that cross that you could be saved. That that darkness and that death and that suffering was because of you. And me. Don't ever take the power of the cross, the power of, of Jesus to sacrifice lightly. Because without that, you would not be, I honestly believe, I can't prove it scripturally, that if Jesus would have gave up and Jesus would have asked the Lord to come in, Satan would have killed the whole human race. Not just me, okay? Because there would have been no hope <laughs> without the cross. There would be no hope without Jesus dying on that cross. Satan could take what he wanted and do what he wanted. Because God had one opportunity, one way. Listen to me. There's not 15 ways. There's one way. One way. I said there's one way. And his name is Jesus. My God, hallelujah. That just makes me want to shout. What if he'd have gave up? What if he'd have quit? My God, I don't know where I'd be today. I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. He'd have killed every last one of us. Where would he be? Look at verse 8. And he's on the cross. And remember, this is thousands of years before Jesus was. This is the time of David. How could this be so precise and knowing? There was no crucifixion taking place in David's day. But the Lord knew. The Pharisees stood 
at the cross and saw, Lawrence, this, this, he wasn't recognizable. They had pulled the hair out of his beard, Isaiah says. They had, they had opened his back. His bones were exposed. His bones were out of joint, never broken. The scripture said not one of his bones, but they were out of joint. Everything about what Jesus was suffering was exposed. And, and here's these religious people, and they're, they're looking at him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him if, he's, if, if God is with him. David says this. He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue or deliver him. Let him deliver him since he delighted in him. My Lord, Jesus was the perfect example of what we're supposed to be before Adam and Eve sinned. Come on, somebody. Jesus was what Adam was before he sinned. He was perfect. He wasn't birthed in this world in sin like me and you. His father was God. He had an early mother, but he wasn't the mother of God. She wasn't the mother of God. She was the mother of Jesus' physical body, but she was not the mother of God. But God had God birthed in Mary the, 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 the Savior, the, the one who's going to give his life for our sins. He trusted in God, and God had delight in the Lord. And you know what? I, th I thought about that over and over what would you do if you was in Jesus' place? You'd have quit. You'd have quit when somebody had said, I'm going to kill you, Yvette. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying you, but I'm using you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How far would you have gone if it would have been you? Hmm? Listen, I've read stories, about, especially the Fox's Book of Martyrs and books like that, of some great men and women of God. <laughs> They ripped them to shreds because they believed in the God of heaven, the Son of the living God. It wasn't Allah they put their trust in. It wasn't Muhammad they put their trust in. It was in Jesus, and they gave their life for their faith because their faith was the most important thing in their lives. They knew they couldn't make it without Jesus. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 50. Have we ever saw or got a picture? Now listen. All that Jesus suffered, if he wouldn't have sealed it at the cross, it would have been useless. Come on, somebody. Where it happened is when he looked at, the, and he, looked at he said, Father, it is finished. It's settled. My Lord, I don't know if you feel that. It is finished. <laughs> the price has now been paid. Now men have a, an avenue. They have a lawyer. They can go to you now, Father, and get their sins forgiven. The price is done. The price is paid. But I can't amount imagine, and I, I, listen, even as a young Christian, even now, even lately, never sat down and said, what did Jesus deal with? What, what, what kind of suffering he went through? I can't say with my, well, I can't, I know I can express it like it, it should be expressed, you know what I'm saying, or say it like it should be said, but I know the pain was horrendous and the suffering was unbearable. And it was the only way we could get our sins forgiven, right? 
You better thank the Lord you're here this morning because you are a child of God. And your, your salvation came with a great price. Don't never take your salvation for granted. You remember Esau and Jacob? You know what? God hated Esau. That's what it said in the Bible. And loved Jacob because Jake, Esau had no respect for his birthright. And that birthright to me is the shadow of the salvation that comes at the cross. When we lose our respect for the birthright as a child of God, the birthright we have in Christ, God has no love for us like you think. He's angry with us. And I'm going to say that again. You might not agree with me. But God said he loved Jacob and hated Esau. And the reason why, because Esau had no regards. He wanted the material things. You know what I'm saying? He wanted the blessing. That's why he wanted to kill Jacob. Because he wanted the blessings. He wanted the material things. He wanted the riches, the sheep, the cattle. He wanted all of that, but he didn't want nothing to do with God. That's like a lot of Christians. They, they come to church, and a lot of times they're waiting for God to pour riches upon them. That's what they want. They're looking for God to take them out of all their problems. And I'm not saying he's not going to do that. But that's not what we're shooting for, right? You can keep your money, devil, if it's going to take away my salvation. You can keep all of that other junk if, if, if I'm going to lose what I have in the Lord. It says in verse 6, and remember, Isaiah's prophesying again, because there's nobody could fit this description but Jesus, right? This is Old Testament. I gave up my back. <laughs> to those who struck me, my Lord, I'm reading out the New King James. Okay? I gave up my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard or the hair of my beard. Can you imagine pulling your hair out? Listen, imagine pulling the hair out. You know, blood's coming out. The pain of pulling the hair out of somebody's head. I, I, you ever got your hair pulled? And the first thing, ah! But imagine jerking it out. They grabbed him by his beard and he just pulled it out. They struck him on the back, opened, opened his back completely open. His bones are exposed. His, his flesh is exposed. And my cheek to those who plucked out my beard. And I did not hide my face from the shame and the spitting. They sh the shame was there. He didn't hide it. He took it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. You should never. I I'm ashamed of me. If we don't follow the Lord. But there's, there's a scripture that I'm trying to remember where it says. He is the author of our faith. You know, he, 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 he bore the shame and the reproach for me. I just can't imagine that. Seriously, it, 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 it bobbles my mind, if that's even a word, to know that this person, this man, Jesus, if he'd have did it for Ray, just for Ray, he'd have did it. Because of his love for his Church, for the love of his creation, he gave his life. Okay. Turn to Matthew 27. 
No, I'm sorry. Let's, let's go to Matthew 26. I, I've done talked about Barabbas already. But let's go to Matthew 26. So this morning we're going to have communion, okay? And I want you to know why. I want you to know what Jesus paid on the cross for you. You know, today in, in America, they got churches teaching seven ways on how you can be a prosperous person. Se you know, they got different numbers. I'll just throw a number. S six ways on how you can have a good day every day. <laughs> Come on. Every day's a Friday. Whoever heard them? You all heard that lately? In them books, uh, Joel Osteen and the other guys there. Every day's a Friday. And you know what? I think about that. I wish he'd ride, drive dump trucks. He's flying out there every day on a Friday. <laughs> or on the pipeline. Or on the shrimp boat. And every day, listen, sometimes the flesh gets, oh, man. Oh, where's my Friday? Where's my Friday? <laughs> listen, I got to confess something. I still got some flesh to kill. <laughs> <laughs> I said that I preached a message in this church years and years ago flesh, flesh, flesh that's our problem flesh <laughs> oh <laughs> ask my wife she knows how fleshy I am sometimes <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah okay I'm going to get myself in trouble let me go <laughs> that's true I, Matthew 26, verses 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, blessed and, and bro broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. And one passage and another, it was broken for you. Take it, eat. You know, I, I was praying this morning, and I thought about, you know, the communion service, and I thought about, baptism and all that stuff. And you don't realize that th these things are powerful things. They are. The communion represents the death of, and, 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 and body of Jesus Christ, blood shed on the cross. The water baptism represents the, the, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. So why would God put so much emphasis upon his death? Because that's where it was settled. The most important event in history is when Jesus said, it is finished. That settled it for mankind. My Lord, I don't know about you. That settled it for me and you. Some 2,000 years ago, Chucky would get saved and said, I did that for Chucky or anybody else. I died on that cross for Lanny, Pamela, Bilal, Stanton, all, all y'all. That meant something to me when I sat in this little church and said, I need a Savior. If that wouldn't have happened, I'd, I'd still be lost. Didn't say I became perfect, but I was born again. I'm going to tell you the honest truth, and I'm not lying to you. There's a couple of instances in this church that happened to me that I wouldn't trade for the rest of my life. When I left out of here, I couldn't quote a Bible verse to save my life. 
but I knew something was changed. In my heart, I knew something would happen to me. I was going to heaven. You know, you should stop and say, well, you didn't have a theologian explain you had to go through the system and you had to read so many verses a day and you had to do a, do a certain thing a certain way. No, I didn't know. Nobody told me that. I just knew something was different. I knew in my heart that I was saved. When I heard the message of the cross and message of Jesus Christ and that he, he wanted to save me. I was only 12 years old. But I came back. I mean, Janice came. Well, I remember coming here with people from Henderson. And I didn't have nobody to teach me. So I, I didn't, you know, I had to come. I, when me and Janice came back, when it was about 20, Lena was about six months old, my oldest daughter. She's almost 40 years old right now. And I started, I gave my life to Christ again. <laughs> I rededicated my life, and ever since then, I'm not saying it was a bed of roses. I wish every day would have been a Friday. I wish when I got saved, God would have jumped me. And said, no, I, me, my, that might have destroyed me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I wish, I wish I could have been driving a Cadillac. <laughs> but it didn't happen. But I tell you what, I wouldn't trade what I got for no Cadillac. No money in this world is going to ever do what this ministry and the gospel of Jesus Christ did for my life. None. And I'm not lying to you. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. When I wake up in the morning and I look up to heaven, somebody told me about Jesus and what he did for me at the cross. And I wouldn't give it up for nothing. Because soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. <laughs> Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the king. There'll be no dying up there. We are going to see the king. Listen, come on, let's sing. There'll be no dying up there. We are going to see the king. There'll be no dying up there. We are going to see the king. Hallelujah. My God, that makes me want to shout. Hey, we're going to see the king. We're going to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. If that don't stir your heart, man, you don't have nothing to stir. Come on, Holy Ghost. We need to know. We're going to see the king, Lawrence. Chucky, Brady, all y'all. We're going to see the king, man. We're going to be with There'll be no sickness up there. There'll be no bills up there. There'll be no death up there. There'll be no separation up there. There'll be no heartache up there. Everything is with Jesus. My king is coming back. And he's not, he's not coming as a little baby either. He's coming back on a white horse. And he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. And this world's going to tremble at his feet. Come on, Holy Ghost. And you know, there ain't a man on this planet. They ain't going to bow their knee to him. His victory has been settled. He's just waiting for the Father to say, go get him. Go. He's saddling up his horse. <laughs> he, he's, get, he's getting it ready to hear God's voice. Say, son, go get him. Go get them Kodohonians. Go get them. Go get them. <laughs> Hallelujah. I get excited when I talk about that. I'm looking for that day. I'm, are you looking for the day Jesus comes back? <laughs> I mean, that's going to be an exciting day. Man, you, you imagine in a twinkle of an eye, we'd be with him. Hallelujah. 
Book scatterized. I said, well, book, you're going to have to change that. But when you go come, you're going <laughs> to say, they're going to worry about that. <laughs> I ain't going to worry about Okay. Isn't it an exciting day? I'm all, I ain't got much left. Let me just kind of go through my little message here. Isaiah 53. It's a good day to worship the Lord. Isaiah 53. I know. Isaiah 53. Do you know in the Jewish religion, they denounce this passage of this chapter in the Bible? They won't read it. You know why? Because they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They ignore their own writings. The devil is slick. He, you know, the Bible says that all the Jewish nations are going to be saved. At the end, they're going to come to the Lord. But for right now, they're denouncing. But read this. Verse 2. And this is the prophecy Isaiah is given about the Lord. Every Christian ought to read this chapter. Study it. Because really, that's where it took place right here. Mind you, this is way before Jesus. This is, I don't know how many years, but at least a thousand years before Jesus ever came on the scene. But the Holy Spirit knew who Jesus was. Isaiah is prophesied in this to give the nation of Israel hope for their coming Messiah. It says this. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant. This is talking about Jesus growing up before the Father. Right? He was going to be born of the Virgin Mary. And he was going to grow up before him as a tender plant. As a root of, out of a dry ground. See, when Jesus came on the scene, the nation of Israel was in trouble. It was dead. Oh, they had religion, they had the synagogues. And had, but no, God wasn't moving. You see, between, if you read the Bible and study, I'm not going into a hard lesson because one day we need to talk about it. From Malachi to Matthew, it's about 400 years. God hadn't moved. They had the synagogues, but the Holy Spirit wasn't there. When John the Baptist came on the scene, he was the last Old Testament prophet. See, John the Baptist came with the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Preparing the way of the Lord. And look, they're, they're, they're having returns. These, these Israelites, they go to their synagogues, but they were just, it was just religion. They wasn't grabbing a hole. They were, they were waiting for the Messiah. But when Jesus came on the scene, the only one that could have fulfilled it, right in the time that the Bible said he would appear and come through the earth, he came. And when he did, they denounced him. They didn't want nothing to do with him. Because Jesus messed with their religion. Oh, <laughs> listen, if you've got a religious life, he'll mess with you. <laughs> I've watched some stuff the, last night on the judgment day, and it was, a, it, was a, it was a video on different Christians standing before the Lord. One got him before him, and, he, and he's standing before the Lord, and he thought he was all right with God. And the Lord said, is his name in that book? <laughs> And he was so sure, Lawrence, he was, he was so sure. Oh, man, I know. And the Lord said, you depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. 
But Lord, I prayed. I, I was a servant to you. I went to church. I sang the songs, God. God says, I don't know you. And there comes a woman, evidently a Sunday school teacher. And she, she's in, the, uh, in there. And she, and she said, man, I know I got it with God, man. I, I know I'm right with the Lord. And all of a sudden, she stands up. And the Lord says, I don't know you. Your name's not in the book. I served you in church. How dare you send me to hell? I was a faithful Christian. But the Lord played back a tape for her where she was gossiping against her sisters in the Lord. Causing division and strife and contention. So you, ain't, you can't come in this place. Prepare for the devil and his angels. And there another one comes, the pastor. 30 years. Pastor in the church. And he got up before the altars of the throne of God and he's sitting there and he's saying, well, Lord, I'm humbling myself. I ain't got much to offer. And you know what? The Lord pretty much told him, you don't have nothing to offer. And the Lord says, I saw you lusting after the women in that ch your church. I saw you looking. And Lord, man, look, well, I served you, God. 30 years I gave my life. I prayed. I, I come before you with a humble heart. Because you would not. You see, he, the Lord told him, you, it, I gave you time to repent. But you didn't. Now, depart from me. But didn't I prophesy in your name? Did I cast out devils in your name? Come on, Jesus. Just because you cast out a devil, that don't give you the right to go to heaven either. <laughs> Ooh. Just because you prophesy, that don't give you a... Listen, I had a lady call me last night from Vilplat. And she says, there's a lady in our church, she calls herself a prophetess. <laughs> that threw a red flag in my face right there. She said, she's just, I'm evil. <laughs> well, I said, I don't know the lady. <laughs> I couldn't make a, you know, what she... When she, if she's walking around bragging, she's a prophetess, there's, there's something wrong. She looks to be, to be feared by man. I said, don't you have a pastor? Oh, yeah. I said, go meet him. <laughs> I said, if she don't want to be around you, get away from her. <laughs> Serve the Lord. Go find you a place, I told her, in your house somewhere. And get on your knees and talk to the Lord and settle things with God. Don't worry about what, they, what she says. And this, this pastor, that shocked me. That scared me. I said, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I got him. I just, it just stunned me. I said, Lord, I don't want to misuse your house. I don't want to abuse what you put me in charge of. Because God is looking. And you know what? I want to hear those graceful words one day, which will settle forever where I'm going to spend it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome to the joy of the Lord. I don't have to stand before the Lord and give my Lord, the Lord my points and my credibility and, my, and what I've done. He already knows that. That's why I'm going to heaven in the first place because we're obedient to Him. It's what we do with His Son, Jesus. My Lord, hallelujah. I'm almost finished, y'all. He says, 
I'm just going to jump. Let's go to verse 6 of chapter 53. He, well, let's go to verse 3. I'm going to go quick over it. Just bear with me. Well, yeah, verse 2. Let me finish verse 2. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> and let me just, you know, just listen for a minute. I'm going to just read through it, okay? And when, he sees, when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire or want him. He's, he's not, he don't have his hair styled back with a three-piece suit. He was rough. <laughs> he, he, he was, a, he was a, a carpenter. You ever seen a carpenter go to work with a suit? <laughs> Full of sweat. Hard work calluses on his hands. He, he, he looked like a commoner. This is our Messiah. Where's his white robe and his... In his, his three-piece suit or whatever, and where's his? Where's his uh, what? Come on, somebody. He was. He was just. There was nobody that desired him. He was despised and rejected by a man, a man of sorrow, an acquaintance with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And you know, Jesus didn't have a uh, every day's a Friday either. <laughs> He was a man of grief and sorrow. Is that what your Bible say? A man of suffering. A man of heartache. And he goes on and says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Somebody say, Amen. <laughs> yet, he, he's just, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. And he was wounded for our transgressions. For what? For our transgressions. Why was he beaten to a pulp? Why was he ripped to shreds? Why would he have to carry that old beam on his back? For our transgressions. Somebody said, for my transgressions. My Lord. Gets a little personal there. He says, and by his stripes. No, no, I'm sorry, verse 5. And he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace, the price for our peace, for, for the, 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 way, the way we're going to receive that peace is through his affliction. Your peace is only coming by the suffering of Christ. You hear me? Because of what he did at Calvary. If you're looking for peace any way else, you'll never get it. It's got to come through the cross. It's got to come through the sacrifice Jesus made at Calvary. That's the only way. Listen, I was listening to a preacher. I'm not sure. Uh, if I had him, I'd have threw a pie in his face. <laughs> he says, let me tell you something. Don't tell me you have peace in Jesus if you don't have no money. <laughs> That's, actually, I'm not lying. We were both listening. Because you can't have peace without money. Well, I'm telling you, that man ain't even saved. Get mad at me. Do whatever you want. He don't know God. Because if, if, if my peace comes in my money, I, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I, listen, me and my wife work hard. And we got, you know, we saved some, we've got a business, but we don't have a whole lot of money. And if it, if it, if it comes in my money, I, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> but you know what? It's because he's ignorant. Of the sacrifice that Jesus made at Calvary. He's ignorant of the price that Christ paid. He has no... That's an Esau. 
has no respect for his birthright and what it costs for him to be saved, if he is. And by his stripes, somebody say it. If you got sickness in your body, the price was paid. <laughs> if you're afflicted, the price was paid. If, you, if you're dealing with something in your body, Lawrence, the price is paid. You don't have to beg for it. He says, you are healed. You're, by his stripes, you are healed. Mom, by your stripes, you are All of us, we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. There is no other healing could take place but by the blood of Christ. By his stripes, we might be healed. We were here, or we were here. We are healed. My Lord, I'm almost finished. Thank God. I could preach another 50 hours. <laughs> but no, let's go on. And by his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him, what? All of us all. From the time Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden to the last soul that Christ is going to save on this planet. All was on Jesus. And you wonder why God, when he saw Jesus, he didn't see his sins. He saw the world's sins. He saw the baby murderers. Y'all call them abortions, but they're baby murderers. He saw, the, he saw the homosexuals. He saw, he saw all the perverts of the world, the, the men slayers. The, 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 he saw it all. And it was all on Jesus, right? There's not a man in this world, if he truly wants to get right with God, can't get right. If you're sitting in this church and you're not sure about your salvation, don't run. Settle with the Lord. You could be forgiven. Every sin you've ever committed from the time you were born till now could be erased out of your life. Everyone. Because of the blood of Jesus. He was oppressed, and he was stricken, afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. You ever studied the, the, the walk to Jesus going to the cross? Very said anything. Very opened his mouth. He was afflicted as sheep going to, going to slaughter. He opened not his mouth. He was, he was led as a, a lamb to slaughter, and a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And what that means, he wasn't given a proper trial. That's what it means. There was no judgment for Jesus. There was just death. Crucify him. That's all. They didn't give Jesus any explanation. He, didn't, he, knew, he knew what was going on. He knew they were going to kill him. But there was no judgment for him. Kill him. Get him out of the way. Crucify him. Tear him to pieces. That's all the judgment we want for him. My Lord, I don't know if you see that. God took upon himself. Jesus took upon himself the affliction of us all. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9. And they made him a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his dead. And we know how he, you know, uh, they buried him in a rich man's tomb. 
Jo Joseph of Arimathea was a rich, rich Pharisee, and, he, and they, they, he buried him in his own tomb. Yet he, he, yet he made, let me go to verse 10 again. Yet he pleased, yet he pleased the Lord to bruise him. It was the only sacrifice God would accept. God would be pleased with the sacrifice Jesus made for man's sins. And he would accept nothing other, nothing else, none other. He shall see his, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. And verse, and I'm going to just read verse, uh, verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. All Jesus did, God was pleased with. No man could have pleased the Lord. Jesus was the only one that could have done it. Jesus was the only thing that God would accept for your sins in atonement, right? My righteousness, verses, uh, be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let you turn there, but in, in, in Zechariah 13, 6, it talks about when Jesus is going to come back, the Jews are going to see the nail prints. Come on. When he's going to come back to set up his rule and reign on this earth after the, after the seven-year tribulation period, they're going to look and say, what are these wounds in his hands? The same people that rejected him. Because I didn't read that part where he says, uh, but when, he, when, when they took, uh, took Barabbas, he says, they said, this blood be upon, Jewish people said that, this blood be upon us and upon our children. Do you know the Jewish people are the most persecuted people on the planet? And many has died. They chose to accept judgment for their whole, their whole nation or their children. Millions have died during Hitler's reign. The horror, I can't get into that, the horrific things that Hitler did to these people was, you couldn't, where would a man get the idea for that stuff? But Jesus settled it in heaven. I don't want to look one day and have to say, what are these wounds in his hands? <laughs> these are the wounds I received from my friends, my family. They did that to me. Because they wouldn't receive me. In John chapter uh, 1, first, you know, the gospel of John, it makes it very clear that he came to his own and his own received him not. God help us. Stand up if you can, praise God. And I, I want to ask you a little question. Do you know the Lord? Man, and if you do, have you been serving him with all your heart? The main, listen, this, this church is not here because we want to have a, a religion. It's the last thing we want. It's to you to go on and have victory in Christ, to know that you're living for Jesus. And when you die, or the Lord comes first, you'll hear those Graceful words, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. Amen. I want you to bow your heads. If you know there's sin in your heart,
You're not really God with some listen. You might not you might not be that's just things you're dealing with and you're not pleasing to the Lord, okay? Paul made it very clear that when you take the communion, which is a symbol of the death, burial, and suffering of our Lord, you do it with the right heart. Because if you don't do it with the right heart, you can bring damnation unto yourself. Even though it's just a symbol, the power of what happened at Calvary. God's going to give us an account one day if we dishonor and disrespect Him. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, I just pray right now that as we get ready to receive communion this morning, Father, I just ask you right now to forgive us of our sins, to purify our hearts, Father. Let us, let us see your perfect plan for our life. Let us grow close to you, Father, and turn to you, Father. Father, we need your mercy today. We need the grace of Jesus today, Lord. Forgive us for our sins and wash us in the blood of Jesus.